Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. So many things that I want to share with you guys. Goodness, it's been a while since I've been home on a Tuesday or Thursday, um, healthy on a Tuesday or Thursday, or not had uh, priorities with the kiddos. And so um, grateful to be here and no excuses, right? There are no excuses. And yet at the exact same time, there are priorities. And I pray that as you tune into this today, you can stay aligned to your own priorities while also receiving not only some updates, um, but some downloads. <laughs> so good. Updates and downloads. We are no longer computer devices. We are device free at some point <laughs> in our life. I have a friend who are uh, eight days device free going on just like an excursion throughout the uh, Virginia, Nashville, North Carolina region, which will be really fun. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Emily, Kelly. Yes, She Speaks. Oh, are you coming to She Speaks? Yay. She Speaks is a writers and speakers conference that Fit and Faith Media is sponsoring this year, which is such a, oh gosh, how can you plan these things? I can't. I can just feel it in my spirit. I know that I'm going to be ingrained in this thing. This is circa 2018. And the Lord has just been so good. And the things that are dropped in your spirit, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about today, they are from God when you are aligned to God. And yet so often the world will try to distract us and turn our eyes, turn our gaze, either to self-reflection and demise, imposter syndrome is that, or they will try to make you believe that that's not of God and it's not in the will of God and based in timing, based in favor, based in insert blank. And I want to encourage you that that's simply not true. The walking with God is a discipline and discipline takes time. It takes obedience and the longevity connected to that. There are revelations that come day by day by day, right? We always talk about who are you becoming in order for you to be who it is that God wants you to be associated to your purpose and your calling. Doesn't mean that today you're not in the will of God. It does, but there's more. There's sharpening that has to happen. And I have been sharpened pretty abruptly. And I've shared some of that with you guys here in the last several weeks with Pedal and Preach and on the Fit and Faith podcast. I'm not one of those people who can like hold situations that I'm walking through and um, not share about them simultaneously. Not because I'm not processing them or that I'm not protecting uh, the situation, but because I think it's so important for you all to see like the raw and the real and what's transpiring on the day to day rather than what you might just perceive from stage speaking to stage speaking to country to state to travel. All of those things are blessings and incredible, but it's the in-between moments that you don't see that I have to reveal here in order for you guys to know that like this is flesh and God is working things out and me just like he's working things out in you. And so some of that sharpening I'll share with you. Uh, and hopefully it eliminates you from having to be in that sharpened moment, um, even though we're all going to eventually get to that place because the Lord is 
sovereign, not because he's not good. And I think people get those two things separate. They say, like, the Lord is good, the Lord is sovereign, and therefore I am protected and I am safe. But being protected and safe does not mean that you're not sharpened. Being protected and safe does not mean that you don't have to go through the pruning. Being protected and safe does not mean that you don't go into the lion's den or walk through the fire. This is a part of the journey, friends. And the sooner that we can raise our hand to be like, oh, the pain is worth it. There's this song that I've been, oh my gosh, if I can't tap into it right now, that would be bananas. Um, I know I got it. I thank you for sunshine, I thank you for rain, I thank you for joy, and I thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. This has been literally on repeat since Friday night for my son's birthday party. All of his friends are singing it at the table. Those who didn't know it could catch on pretty quickly. Little did they know they were singing a Christian song. <laughs> and throughout the entire weekend, it was just recite, recite, repeat, repeat. And it's the reminder that it's the, it's the rain and the sunshine, right? Sunshine, rain, joy, pain. This is the journey. And so we had it blasting while I had the joy of baptizing my daughter on Sunday. Oh my goodness. So many stories to share with you guys. Thursday, we're driving and she says, Mama, can, I, can somebody baptize themselves? I was like, no, baby, I don't think so. Interesting question, but Jesus himself didn't baptize himself. So I'm going to say that one's a no. That's an out. She's totally unprovoked in this conversation. Then she says, can you baptize yourself in a bathtub? I said, absolutely. You can baptize yourself anywhere. The Holy Spirit descends no matter where you are, as long as your heart posture is where it's supposed to be. She's quiet for a minute. And she has asked me to be baptized. And I believe I've even talked to you guys about this on the show uh, many times before because she's asked and I've always been like, I don't know. And not because I am holding it from her, but I also want to make sure that she's not just asking because she sees other people being baptized or um, any other reason. But again, not really my place to judge. That's between God and the Lord or God and, and Waverly. But there's, it, there's always been an excuse. And so maybe this is speaking to you around your own baptism or, the, or your children's baptism is a readiness factor. Like, I don't know that we're ever to a point of readiness. I think it's a yearning, it's a drawing, it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection that allows us into those scenarios. Now, my son flat out says, I'm not ready. And that's, that. Waverly was confused by that. She was like, why are you not ready to give up your sins? <laughs> so she said, and he's like, I'm just not ready. <laughs> I'm like, okay, don't, let's not pressure. That's not what it's about. He'll have that spirit leap in his own time. But these are the three things Waverly said, and it's so beautiful. She didn't ask. She didn't say anything. She told me this is what happens. After years of asking, can I get baptized? Can I baptize? And we wanted it to like make it an occasion. We wanted to invite everyone. We wanted it to be warm outside so she could do it naturally in the ocean or the bay. We had like all these like ideas of what her baptism should look like. And yet the Lord was just calling her into, into the bathtub, right? And so she said, Mama, after she, I answered those two questions, she said, I, I must, I have to, and I will get baptized on Sunday. I'm driving, right? So I, I'm like, turning, I'm like, oh, okay. Sunday is your brother's birthday. Sunday is Father's Day, but sure, it can be your baptism day too. And it was a non-negotiable. She just was like, point blank, this is what we're doing. So we did that. And that song is a huge part of her okay, her yes, her revelation that it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies. But to thank him for pain, hmm, I'm going to thank him for pain, the pain that I've been walking through the last several months. So I want to share a revelation connected to the word, uh, connected to the situation, the pain that I've been walking through from a relational break, but also a personal relationship revelation on how am I talking to myself? How are you talking to yourself? How are you processing the pain that you're walking through? How are you grieving what you've walked through? 
Because I think often we just press on towards the prize. Like God's our comforter. He, he's shielding us. He's protecting us. And it's fine. We can just keep going. And we put those, those emotions to the side. But Jesus never put his emotions to the side. He actually walked through them. He actually sat with the Lord over them. And so I highly encourage you to be okay with processing. Be okay that you, you're going to sit in, in what feels like uh, treachery, what feels uncomfortable. It's okay. And so I was reading the word. Had I wasn't even thinking about this, right? You know, it's like it's out of sight, out of mind. It was just my morning reading, and I start weeping. I've been asking God for revelation about a situation for several months, actually, probably since it all kind of transpired, which was seven months ago. And it was associated to peace and pride. Okay. Peace and pride. I kept telling myself that I have this transcendent peace about the scenario. Transcendent peace. I have transcendent peace. I have transcendent peace. You know, you can coax yourself into an emotional state. Come on, y'all. We can coax ourselves into the belief that I am entitled to feel this way. Even David coaxed himself into the belief that it was okay to be with Bathsheba and to take the life of her husband. That's a pretty extreme example. But he did the, the life killing. He did the killing out of guilt and remorse after he had convinced himself that he could have her. That'd be fine. Now, what I was convincing myself of associated to peace was, in my eyes, healthy. I tell you, I always ask the three questions. Is it safe? Is it for good? And is it for God? And I, I can answer those questions pretty confidently and yes. And yet, it's not generally how I walk. I don't generally have to go back and back and back to the Lord about one thing to say, is this the right thing? Am I, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Am I stepping in stride with your will, God? And yet, like I said, I had kind of coaxed myself into this understanding of peace. Mind you, on the other side of that, I was dealing and pointing at my own self connected to pride. Here's why. Every time I was in the scenario, and this is associated to business, this is not personal. Well, it's personal. Personal business is personal. If you don't think it's personal, then you're, yeah, you're you're separating church and state. Okay, you, anything that you do is personal. And so it was a personal scenario inside of my business. And every time I was in said scenario, whether it was in one-to-one -one conversation one-to-many teaching and orchestration organization, I just felt this little bit of friction, this little bit of, I don't, I don't like this. And I kind of felt like a little kid. You ever like incident scenarios like that? And you're like, oh, I don't deserve this. Or I could be the leader. I could be the line leader. It makes me think of my kiddos, right? I'm good at holding the door open. I'm good at talking. I'm good at helping. All of these pieces and out of the scenario in my own personal time with myself reflecting, I would cry. I would go to sleep a little bit upset and angry. I would go to sleep um, processing that I must have to release more. My word has been last year release. And I think the Lord was asking me to release more pride. And I'm like, gosh, I feel like I've walked through this. I'm like, truly, you're a your humble servant here, Lord. And so it must be because I have peace, the friction that I feel must be my own doing. It must be pride. For months, y'all, I kept coming back to the Lord, repenting. God, it's okay. I don't have to be the leader. I don't have to be the teacher. I don't have to be the one in the forefront. I don't have to have my name in lights. I don't have to do, they don't have to recognize me. I can be behind the scenes. Like all of these pieces. Huh. Makes me emotional. The Lord has called you, friend. 
He has anointed you. And in your anointing, there will be a platform. That platform might look really different than mine. That limelight might look really different than mine. It could be individual, could not have anything associated to a community for, per se, but there will always be relationship involved because that's why we're here. That's who God is. He calls us into relationships. And I was actually fighting against my own relationship with self. And it's not associated to pride. And this is what I was crying about on Saturday morning in my comfortable Bible chair. I was crying over the fact that I wasn't listening to the God. I was warring with my flesh. It was like a little imposter syndrome. And this, this enemy, this, this distinct, it felt like, it felt like an imposter. Like literally somebody was telling me it's your pride, it's your pride, it's your pride, it's your pride. And I was like, I repent, I repent, I repent. Meanwhile, coaxing myself out of that repentance, okay, I have peace. Okay, I went to bed really upset, but I have peace over the situation. I want to know for your story. I want to know for where you're walking right now, what you're going through. And maybe it's not even right now. Maybe you're having self-reflection over another scenario. Have you been telling yourself one thing which allows you to believe that it's safe for good and for God? You're not listening to all of the interference. You're not listening to the red lights. You're not listening to the sirens that are blasting. You're not listening to the people who are closest to you and love you and are saying, something doesn't feel right. Y'all know how much I speak about discernment and understanding, discerning, understanding to know what it is and where it is that we should be walking things out. I'm pretty fast acting. I'm pretty bold. The Lord knows this about me. He knows if he gives me a download, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and, and that's what happens. Now, of course, there's like prayer connected to that. But this is the variable that I never felt in this situation. And there was so much friction in my spirit about it. And I still was backlashing myself, telling myself that I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough. And that wasn't the language, okay? Because... I'm, I speak confidence. I teach confidence. It wasn't that I wasn't worthy, but when I kept fighting pride, I was telling myself that without telling myself that. And ego is a part of our calling. Confidence and ego go hand in hand. Now, are you feeding your ego or are you feeding the Christ who created you and your ego is associated to your identity? I hope so. I hope so. Because the variables when you get hot-headed are too big for your britches. All these silly sayings that I know from growing up with Southern Mama. And I think about those pieces, though, and we can see this from afar. But what we don't often see is what's happening in our own mind. What's happening when we're falling asleep. What's happening when that person is by themselves. What's happening to our spirit, our spirit in their Bible time, in their quiet time with the Lord. So when I sat there weeping, I was like, man, I had, I've been asking you this question for so long. Why are you just now sharing it with me? And it's okay to ask God the questions, the hard questions, the questions that you're not 100% confident what he's going to say. And he just said, you weren't listening. You weren't listening. I was telling you. People were there waving their flags. But you, you, not me, not God, you, Tamara, had convinced yourself of your own peace instead of my peace. This is where the world is getting it wrong. This is where culture has created an understanding of happiness, peace, using sometimes even the exact same language of the fruit of the spirit. You're getting clarity because you're going to the stars. You're getting clarity because you're going to the personality test. You're getting clarity because you're reading the tarot cards. You're getting clarity because you're meditating. You're getting clarity 
from the medium. You're getting clarity from all of these other things. Shoot, some people are getting clarity from Proverbs, not realizing that they're Proverbs, and saying, oh, I really love this quote. Oh, this brings me peace. That's not what brings you peace. It's the one who spoke the word into existence, who spoke the stars into being. It's who spoke the person who created the personality test into life to help them and help them discern who they are, their identity instead of their ego, instead of a number, instead of a name. It's the name associated to our creator. Who is with me right now? Yes, listening to movies or TV shows, right? And, and understanding that we're receiving these things and we're not, we're not even recognizing what those things are. So I was re actually rejecting trusted sources, people who I, I generally would like, I feel like I listen to all the time. And a part of that was because I'm the leader. So I asked my husband, I asked my team, I asked people in my community, why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you knock my door down and put your hands on my shoulders and shake me into revelation? And they said, because we trust you. Mm. And this is the mantle. And this is the mantle. This is the moment. They, David's people trusted him. And he exampled a fleshly moment, which of course is going to happen. None of us are perfect. But we are shepherding sheep as leaders. We are shepherds. And people will put all of their faith, hope, and trust in you. And I'm like, I came back to them with that after tearfully saying, I've led you astray. And said, I need you. And I've done this before. I'll lead an unfollow me campaign. Unfollow me. Follow him. Because the closer you follow him, the more in spirit connection we become. Because then as you hear, you can share. And I can learn. Instead of having to be the one who is constantly in the teaching modality. And yet, there's this knowing that as you are anointed, there you must go. So does that mean that you don't share a stage or a limelight? Does it mean that you do not partner with people or work alongside others or grow two visions together? That's not the case. But if in your spirit you are being diminished, speak up. If in your spirit you are feeling conflict, find out what that conflict is. If in your spirit you are telling yourself and you're consistently having to tell yourself the same thing to truly believe it, I would question it because if I've never had to say with I'm walking with the Lord, I've got peace. I've got, I've got so much peace about it. I don't know, but I feel like I have peace. I think I have peace. Yeah, surely I have peace. So it's okay if all of these other emotions are coming to war with said peace that I've self-generated. So I sat there, I repented, I changed my mind. I apologized. I sat there with a humble spirit and the Lord reminded me, as so many have, you are the head and not the tail. And that is your story. That's not my story. That's your story. It's our story. It's a remembrance of who we are created to be in Christ Jesus. We are power. We are authority. We have access and ability to do far greater things than Jesus Christ himself did. And what you're being led into and what you've always done, who you are becoming. If you try to take away the gifts and talents and hide them under the lampstand because somebody else is shining brighter than you or somebody else is in control of turning you on and off, no way. You're in a, a spiritually manipulated scenario. This happens and I've heard this happen to so many of my friends who have had church hurt and experienced people who haven't gotten it right inside the four walls of the church. Again, not called to be perfect there either, called to follow the perfect one. 
And so we have to have grace in their scenarios. The people who I know who have endured closest and longest in community spaces have been hurt. But instead of just jumping ship, they've pressed in. They've pressed in. They've stayed, stayed steadfast. And the Lord will always set a table in front of your enemies. Now, do I need you to be in a spiritually manipulated scenario? Absolutely not. There's other communities who will not do that. Especially if it's from the leadership. That's really what I mean. Leadership top down into the community. If it's just like the sheep are fighting because one of them wants the food, I get it. But what I want to say to that is everyone, even within the church, is called to be in the limelight. God's light. The light of the world, right? That's who you are. And so we have to understand that we all play a role. They look different. But don't let somebody dim you. Don't let somebody turn you off out of control. So, all of those things to say, my sweet kindred little Waverly, who got baptized, I told her in that moment, I said, I love your light. I love your generosity. I love your kindness. And she is. She is just like the sweetest spirit. She'll literally give you what she would be taking a bite. And like, oh, you're hungry? Here you go. Like, she is so sweet. She reminds me so much of her data. And I said, don't ever let your sweetness, your meekness, your kindness, your generosity be taken advantage of. Lord, protect her. Soften her heart like pure gold that is malleable. You know, the things that last the longest that are gold that don't bend aren't really pure. They're not really pure. The things that bend, the gold that is malleable, the gold that lines the streets of heaven, there's, there's a tendency for it to be able to warp and bend easily. And that's what our heart should be. It says that our hearts are made of pure gold when they're made new in Christ. And so I hope that for you, no matter what friction, no matter how much you've beaten yourself up because of a decision or a, a convincing of a decision, not hearing from God, hearing from God, being in alignment, not being in alignment, any of those pieces that you can remind yourself and be back at the feet of Jesus to say, God, make me malleable. God, don't let me have a hardened heart. God, allow me to receive your goodness and your grace and then to be able to give it back out. Now, it can be a little hard to share some of these things as I'm walking through them because you all know some of the things that I'm walking through or perhaps even the communities or the people that I'm connected to. I don't share this to point fingers. I share this to allow you to have a self-reflective moment on perhaps something you're walking through too, to call you higher into your faith and to call you higher into relationships that are connected to Christ that can be of good sound can be of great deep wisdom connected to said scenarios. That's having a discerning spirit isn't just yourself, it's having trusted advisors. All right, quick interruption, but actually it's not really an interruption, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family, be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on, and that's Ephesians 2.19 that we are found in him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly founder collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to thefoundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. <laughs> He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped 
and to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in him as a founder in the Founder Collective. When I was reading the word a couple of weekends ago, I leaned into the mirror. I shared this on my podcast yesterday with Dr. Lou Tartalga, who uh, wrote a book about Mother Teresa and um, has an amazing Christmas book as well. Um, The 12 Magi, not three Magi, that visited Jesus. And uh, I leaned into the mirror just the day before. I was praying on my knees about having wisdom like Solomon. God, he prayed for only wisdom. He didn't pray for more money. He didn't pray for more territory. He didn't pray for more oxen. He didn't pray. He didn't pray for more people. He didn't pray for more power. No, he went right to the Lord. He said, God, grant me wisdom so that I can serve your people well. So I can reign in this kingship well. And I, I was like, man, of all the things that we yearn for, How much more sweet is wisdom and being able to have those revelations and be able to serve people out of that place? Mm. So I was sitting on my knees praying that same day, literally like less than an hour later, I went on a walk, I came back and I see these two gold placards inside of this hotel that I'm staying at on my writer's retreat. And no joke, it's a husband and wife and I was playing praying for my husband and I, because Gary has so much wisdom. And I was just like, let us be a, a wisdom well for people, for couples, for married people, um, for people in general separately, but also the togetherness factor of the bride and the bridegroom. And it was a husband and wife, last name, Solomon, on a gold placard. And there's nothing else on the wall. Totally didn't go, decor-wise. And I just laughed out loud. I'm like, God... You're awesome. He is so present with you when you're pursuing him out of purity of heart, not out of trying to manipulate the situation to do what it is that you want it to be like or to do what it is that you want to do. You cannot manipulate God, okay? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So sometimes when you're feeling manipulated, please go to the one who doesn't manipulate so I'm sitting there laughing at the fact that he's like, I got you, girl. I got your wisdom. I'm still like, I go into a coaching conversation with a gal who was in her young 20s. And I said, hey, I just feel the need to tell you this, that you're going to fight imposter syndrome connected to your age for a really long time. She has this sweet, gentle spirit, so much like my daughter. And I said, I've been fighting it. I still fight it. And I'm young, but I'm not not, not young. (laughs) And so I said, you're going to fight this, this sense that you're too young. And there might be somebody on here listening. That's like, yeah, well, I'm not too young. I'm too old. I'm past my prime. If you read the stats of some of the people, both in ministry and if you want to quote unquote fame, even people like Steve Harvey, like they didn't even start till they were in their late forties and fifties. And so I don't know how old you are, but it doesn't matter. Age is just a number. It's not connected to your lack of purpose. It's connected to the fact that you've been preparing for what God has prepared you for. And that's the plan and purpose of your life. And so (laughs) I'm telling her this and I just told her, this just happened about the Solomon thing. I was like, I just need you to know that you are the head and not the tail. This is a 23-year-old, right, who is a life coach already. She doesn't live much life, but she's lived enough life that those who she's teaching, the wisdom connected to it, wisdom doesn't know an age. It truly doesn't know an age. I remember being told when I was little, you're well beyond your years because I could hang out with all the adults and have conversations with them. And I was pursuing things that other kiddos my age were not pursuing. That might be your story too. You have wisdom deposited in you. And the more you're tuned in, the more you can speak from that place. So final element to the story is that the following morning after this thing with Solomon happened, 
I am barely brewing coffee at this point. I just turned on my bathroom light, which those lights are terrible. And I like lean in and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. I had this squiggly hair coming straight up out of my noggin. My first gray hair. Oh my gosh. I plucked that sucker right out even though my mom told me if you pluck one, five will come back. I found out from Dr. Lou yesterday that that's not true. So mom, I'm going to write you wrong. But anyway, I pull it out and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like my heart stopped. It was so silly. But like all my aunts are like blonde, like white gray. My dad's almost gray. I'm like, oh my gosh, my hair's going to turn gray. And God, I could only imagine, like, um, daughter, hello, you asked for this wisdom, right? So I didn't mean it in that way, God. I get my coffee, I sit down on the outside balcony, I'm reading through Old Testament and New Testament, and I read Proverbs 16, 31, 33, and I almost spit my coffee out. It says, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. I won't even continue. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Again, laughing with God all weekend. This was the weekend before last. And I just am like, how close he is to even your... Pro- I never even spoke that out loud. I spoke it between my two ears in my mind. Was I like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I have a gray hair. I didn't... I, I prayed to him about the, the wisdom and the Solomon thing. And then he... Show, I'm like, what? How close he is to you. How much he is desiring your attention. And I'll be honest, had I been with my kiddos, I probably would have never even paid attention to those gold things. Because I was just like, yeah, mama, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, holding hands, having conversation. Had I been with my kiddos, I probably would have never turned that light on, so I would have never seen that gray hair. <laughs> like, scenarios are hilarious, and authentic, but if we aren't present in said scenarios, we can't have those laughing moments with the Lord. We can't have those repentant moments with the Lord. The morning that I was weeping in the chair just a couple of days ago, the story that I just told you that unfolded, the revelation, I mean, overwhelming revelation. There were seven little boys sleeping upstairs. My, my son's first sleepover <laughs> for his 10th birthday was on Friday. Oh, his birthday was on yesterday, Sunday. But it was his first sleepover. And my husband comes downstairs and he's like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And I just like, no, I'm fine. Everything is physically fine. I just realized what was happening the last seven months. And I'm just so sad. My heart is saddened with myself that I was beating myself down telling myself that I needed to release my pride. God was like, you don't have a pride problem. You have a listening problem. (laughs) You have a listening problem. You need to listen to the people and the signs and the wonders that the Lord is putting in your path right now. You don't have a pride problem. You don't have an imposter syndrome problem. You don't have a capability problem. You don't have a worthiness problem. You are worthy, you are called, and you are capable. But if you're not listening, you will miss the signs. You will miss the cues. You will miss the nods and the mentions and the, I see you, daughter. I see you, son. The sharpening moments in the word, right? I'm going to share this one last piece with you because I think it's important Connected to what we've been talking about. I've been in 1 Kings so long. It feels like so long. <laughs> Kings is, is way, like, not something I've ever spent time in. Actually, Lisa Turkers, who, who runs the She Speaks conference, um, she does, like, a devotional per book of the Bible. And she's done a Kings one. I'm considering getting it because I'm sure she'd bring new revelations before even what I found. Um, again, wisdom. Follow the ones who are wise, who are before you. And I was talking about Elijah and Elisha. There's a lot of prophets conversations in 1 Kings. A lot of the kings are relying on the prophets to share what it is that God has told them, is calling them into, is protecting them from. And um, I believe that just like in Kings, there are going to be in your life a lot of false prophets, a lot of 
wolves in sheep's clothing. And this is a part of my story on so many layers and so many levels. And so I say it willingly because when I learn, I hold it here and I give it back not only to you, but I give it back to Christ. Like, again, make it malleable for me, Lord. Make me able to use it. Make it a part of the good works that you've predestined for me to do. The pains and the joys, right? The pains and the joys. I want both of them to be useful and I want both of them to prosper. And so prophets and understanding prophets and not being solely reliant on prophets because a lot of the kings, they couldn't even, I can't even imagine, they couldn't even go to the bathroom without a prophet. They're like, should I do this <laughs> on everything? Now, big things, sure, but this is where I want it to tie back into what I was sharing with you before, connected to wisdom, connected to good counsel, good counsel, people who perhaps have a better discerning spirit than you perhaps can hear from the Lord, not necessarily more than because we can all hear from God, but how attuned are they? Um, it's like a radio station that dials the old radio stations. And you're like, how attuned are they? Can they get it right to the dial point? Have they put the marker on it? And they're like, yep, right here. And they can get there real quick. And so Elijah was a safe, protected prophet who was of God. And it was a time in his prophet experience where Jezebel was killing prophets left and right, killing prophets and had just come after Elijah himself. He was, she was coming for him. It reminded me of Saul coming for David. Like she had utilized his counsel previously. And now she's like, I'm coming for her. I'm killing you. Because she, he was gaining essentially like uh, people representation, power, if you will. Right. You see people who are like growing in their community and other people try to come and like squash or consume. That's kind of the, the common day scenario. Right. People start putting bad names out there. They start gossiping. There starts being slander. It's, it's nasty what can happen. And that's what Jezebel was doing. Obviously they were all worshiping false gods. So I'm in first Kings. You guys can go on your own journey through that. But when Elijah was, it was time for him to pass the mantle, to pass the mantle of his prophet ability. He was passing it to Elisha cute little note. So you remember who's who and who's when Elijah J comes before S in the alphabet. So Elijah comes before Elisha. Don't get those confused. And so they, they had very different profit experiences, um, walks purposes. And so when that happened, Elijah was first looking for the successor, asking God about the successor. And also right before that, in a state of fear. And the Lord comes to them and says, what are you doing? Why are you hiding in the cave? I just, I literally just poured fire from heaven in front of all of the false prophets, all the people who are worshiping other gods. I just honored your prayer. We just had a direct download, brother, son. And now you're hiding in a cave. What happened to that power and authority? What happened to no plan B? This is Elijah's walk. He had no plan B when it came to the altar and, and building the moat of water and pouring water on the calf and the wood and saying, if my God's real, he'll burn this alive. If your God's real, he'll burn what you got. They were doing rain dances. They were doing fire dances. They were doing all this stuff. Never happened, shockingly. One prayer. God showed up. And so he got into a state of fear based on supposed power that Jezebel had and it put him into a cave. How does all this correlate? Because I believe we have too many Christians, too many Christ followers, too many men and women of God who are being put into caves, voiceless, without reason, and they are doubting every single thing that they have walked through to this point. They are doubting if they can hear from God. They are doubting their anointing. They are doubting the mantle. 
And as they doubt the things of their flesh, they're doubting the one who created them. Are you doubting God? I was. I was doubting God and I was inside of a cave. And he's like, why are you hiding there? What are you doing? Why did you come behind someone when I put you out front? Why did you do that? Now, there is points where we must come behind and take wind. I talk about this connected to the flying V. I, I believe in that. But have you discerned in who that is and how that is happening? Y'all, I am on fire today. This matters. This matters not only to me, but for the generations to follow. And so many people are in caves. You can't even pass your mantle in the cave. So maybe it is your time to go. Maybe it is your time to stop. But I am pretty certain, especially if you're listening to this, that that is far from the truth. And you might have convinced yourself that it's time for you to get out of position. It's not time for you to get out of position. It's time for you to man up, woman up. I went to an event and spoke at a woman up event. It was awesome. It's time. And I want you to fight with me. I want you to face the Jezebels. I want you to go up against all of the people who are trying to take you out. All the people who are saying, I've got this, you're good. Come on. There you go, Emily. Yes, it can be the people closest to you can be the ones putting you in the cave. And I mean that with all the love in the world because I've walked through fires that my family has set. And they are not the culprits, though. Jezebel had a Jezebel spirit. She was a spirit and, and talked about in this way because demonic spirits have taken her over. That is happening to your family. That is happening to people that you love. It's not even their fault. Remember, we fight against not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities of darkness. Generational sin has caused generational bondage by the enemy. And the enemy's laughing. Like, haha, broke that family up too. Haha, broke that marriage up too. Haha, broke that mother-daughter relation up too. Mm-mm. No. Ma'am, no, sir. And so even as I share this emotion in this storyline of my own personal life, I don't blame anyone. I, at no point did you hear me say that it's one person's fault, one lack of response. It's nobody's fault. It's, it's my own connection to Christ and my own confidence in Christ. I need to operate with no plan B. And I'll tell you that entire time, I was walking this thing out. I had a plan B in the back of my mind, plan C in the back of my mind, plan D in the back of my mind. So I was like, I don't know about this, but I'm in peace, but I'm in peace, but I'm at peace, crying myself to sleep. Y'all, that does not go hand in hand. It doesn't go hand in hand. Have mentors. Have connected spirit-led mentors. Be connected, not to prophets, because if you're next to prophets, sometimes you... Rely solely on the prophet as the kings did. You are a king. You are anointed. And you can hear from the Lord yourself. Don't be hiding in caves. Don't be ridiculing yourself for what you have or haven't done or you're currently doing. Get into that state of, oh, I've got a posture. I've got a heart of malleability. Lord, teach me. Guide me. Mold me to be like yours. Like you. I love you guys so much. <laughs> Embrace your gray hair. <laughs> enjoy every tiny little moment and remember it is the highs and the lows that make us beautiful that make life life and uh, Jesus didn't get excluded from it so why would you assume you would even in your highest of days even on your best days even on my worst days the Lord still loves me and he still loves you God we thank you so much for today I thank you for the opportunity to come and serve and share your word God that it illuminates to me in such unique ways. And I pray that it calls people into your word, not calling people into listening to me, God, but calling people into relationship with you, God, because you're a God of relationship. And it's why you can work through empowering relationships. It's why we get so hurt and offended by relationships, Lord. But we don't want to have a spirit of offense. We don't want the enemy to get a stronghold in our lack of forgiveness, we don't want the enemy to have any play 
in our or control in our peace. And we surely don't want the enemy to put a lamp over our lampstand, God. And so I just pray that all the lampstand baskets that are trying to shield your light be taken off from the listeners today from your child, from your daughter, from your son, God, that they know that they can boldly shine in when they're sourced by you, Lord, they're plugged into you. They're not controlled by anyone else, God. You are their controller, and yet you give us free will. God, you give us free will to stay in the cave, and yet you're calling and summoning us out to great purpose, Lord. I pray that you just extend the territory, extend the confidence, extend the the anointing, of my brothers and sisters, God, so that we can take territory, we can take ground, we can go up against the Jezebel spirits, we can go up against the enemy territory, and we can walk right in with our heads held high because we're looking to you, God, and you precede us into the scenarios where we just come to you in prayer over every scenario of confusion that's causing strife in our life, that's causing us pain, God, that we come to you and we don't suppress those emotions because you're a God of emotions. You gifted those to us. They're all meant for good. And so will you use them and teach us and guide us into understanding our emotional intelligence, Lord, so that we can use them as not only armor, but we can use them as a protective nature. We can use them to serve others empathetically and compassionately and to just love God. The answer ultimately to all of this All of this is love. God, I love my enemies, just as you called us to. I love my neighbors, just as you've called us to. I love those who don't even know you, who don't even love you, who don't even example you, God. And so we shine today and always. We thank you for that ability. We love you. We thank you for your son, for shining on us and through us and for us so that we can live in this authority and power here on earth as it is in heaven and ultimately have eternity with you. God, if there's anybody here who is feeling the tug in their heart because they've never been baptized, that they've never actually fully repented, that they've never taken that next step of ordination even, God, I'm calling these ministers higher, ministers in the marketplace, ministers in churches, ministers in their homes, God, for them to to seek out the the trusted advisors to bring them into that ministry understanding, God. I know you've laid that on my heart as an opportunity for people. And I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you've exposed me to from a leadership perspective, what has allowed me to mold and mend and be here in this moment. God, I thank you for the breath in the lungs and the beat in the chest of every listener. We lift your name on high. We breathe for you and you alone. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Love you guys so much. Oh, so good. Thank you. Thank you. I was in the cave. Yes, yes, that was the family one. I love listening to your all's comments. I do not like that they go away after I'm live. Oh, you remember those radios? Good. You're speaking with the team today about your book. Let's go. This is the speaking out season, y'all too funny. Ah, since the twenties. Hey, I feel you girl. Yes. Ah, I've always given the light to others before me. We write that off as noble. We tell ourselves that that's what God would have us do. And that's one of those things. I have peace. I have peace. I have peace. I will give, I will give, I will give. You are a light, my friend. You truly are. And your shining is so important to those around you. And you're not taking it away from them by you shining. I still receive when you're shining. Oh, I'm so glad it spoke to you. It's given you clarity. You're not a bad person. You're not. Boundaries are safe. Protection is safe. Oh, man. The two years you've been. Yes, come on. You get connected to the vine. My blood is Jesus and my DNA is Abba. My breath is the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all. I love you so much. Thanks for joining today. Be sure to tune in to the Fit and Faith podcast. This is where all of the pedal and preaches go, as well as my interviews with incredible people. Um, I'm so excited about a new forward of a book called Unsilenced that I got to uh, write. I'm so excited about the book that I'm currently writing. You guys made some guesses um, recently about what it's going to be about. 
I have a Facebook group that's actually following it very closely. It's called My Writing Journey. Literally just Facebook group, My Writing Journey, my being just my, M-Y, writing journey. And you can get on the inside of that. Um, those people often help me with like subtitles. They help me um, process some ideas. They get to see where I'm writing. They get to see what I'm writing. They get to see how I'm writing. And so if you're a writer, an aspiring writer, it's a place for you to come hang out over the course of the next I'm giving myself like six months while I finished writing the book. Um, the last book took me three years, so I'm hoping I can knock this one out in half a year. That would be great. That would be a compounded, shortened effort. Thank you, Lord, for revelation. But I've been working on it in my spirit for several years, and my husband and I are actually writing it. Um, while I'm the one writing it, he is inspiring it, I should say, alongside the Holy Spirit who has given us so many downloads as a family. Um, but it is absolutely connected to our faith walk our marriage journey, our parenting journey associated to business and how we get to leave legacies um, based on how we pour out to other people. And so pouring out doesn't mean that you're not, you're left empty. And that's a part of your light story, Kelly. Um, and I'm so excited to reveal the title to people. And I'm so excited about FounderCon. If you guys do not have your tickets, we are 11 days out from the tickets increasing. Um, I think $400 they increase. So $597 is what they're at now. They're going to go up to $997. It's an incredible event worth every single penny. You will get all of that back and more, especially over the discipleship that happens every single week after the conference. We are not a conference that says, bye, see you next year. We're at a conference that says, see you next week. And then the week after that. And then the week after that. And that part is completely free. And so you can actually join us now at the founder table. Every single Wednesday, we have a refill station for marketplace ministers like yourself, people who are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, and they just want to be founded in Christ more than anything else. And instead of taking your lunch hour and doing something that is not fueling you or especially not fueling your faith or inspiring you into greatness, um, you can come hang out with us on Wednesdays. Uh, and then uh, last, lastly, what I want to share with you is our publishing house and our full fit year coaching elements are all available. So if you are looking to be coached, if you're ready to step out of the cave and start speaking and start teaching and start leading groups, um, that could look in lots of different ways. Um, but we are open to having you come into our cohort so that you can learn and build assets that's one of the biggest things that I've known that God has done so beautifully in my life is gifted me the opportunity to have assets that I can actually use to get into places. It's like giving you keys, right? I'm giving you all of my assets, all of my templates, all of the things that we've utilized and all of the resources connected to that. So there will be other experts that come in to teach. Um, but I am so excited for you to learn from a for-profit and a non-profit perspective. So both of those will be taught throughout it. And how can you land more stages? How can you have a global impact? How can you make a movement out of your message? That's what we specialize in. And uh, yeah, I could keep going and going on all the fun things. I'm actually popping over to Clubhouse this morning for Tuesday morning testimonies at 7 a.m. Um, so you can look for me over there. I'll be with Marcus Ellis and more of the Founder Collective community. Um, Faith Founded Entrepreneurs. That's what Found is stands for. And it's based in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Check us out, thefoundercon.com or thefoundercollective.org. I get your tickets. I want to hug you in person. I'll probably be on a Peloton at some point um, during the weekend. And I'm so, so looking forward to it. Bless you guys. Thanks for hanging out. I see all your eyeballs. See you later. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. 
Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.